There may be different professionals that come in and out, but the point is, is that we are all communicating effectively to each other and on behalf of our clients in their best interest. I'm Maud Leger, and this is the Realtors Conspiracy Podcast, where we crack the code to real estate success. Learn from top realtors, entrepreneurs, and innovators about how to grow your business as we discuss real estate success stories, mindset, processes, motivations, and the key to their success. Check out our podcast episodes every Monday to crack the code to success for your real estate business. This week, I'm speaking with Emily Misks from Port Credit Mortgages. Emily has been a mortgage agent for over 13 years, so she's seen it all in terms of real estate market and mortgages. Her approach to servicing realtors, buyers, and sellers is simple yet effective. Plan, prepare, perform. All about planning, communication, and integrity. So let's get to my chat with Emily. Hi, Emily. Thanks for joining us on the episode today. Tell us and let's jump right in. How can realtors stay on top of their game? Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's such a great day to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, so I think for me, whenever I think about my realtor partners and who I you know, love to work with and uh, get to know the best is open communication. It's a really simple uh, you know, concept, but so few can actually get it done properly. Um, staying on top of your game, if you're communicating, it's not just necessarily picking up the phone. It is important, but it's also through ways that that are adapting to the client's needs. So every client receives information differently. So maybe a client would prefer to be direct messaged or have a reel or um, read something on Twitter, uh, you know, keeping in touch and making sure that you're communicating effectively and through the means that our clients would really like to receive it is super important for, I think, staying on top of your game. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. How do you support real estate agents? How do you help them out? Yeah, I think the number one thing for me as an agent when I'm supporting my partners, and it's not just realtors, it could be, you know, lawyers, appraisers, or anyone else that's in the industry, maybe financial planners, accountants. When we're talking about our clients and supporting the end game, which is really making sure that what I say is, you know, making clients' dreams come true, which is through home ownership. Nice. We need to be creating partnerships and lasting collaborative, collaborative approach to finding solutions. So that means if there is a problem, we troubleshoot it as a team. Um, and when I say a team, I mean the buying team of professionals to ensure that our clients are really taken care of. So, you know, never throwing someone under the bus. If there's a mistake <laughs> that's had, whether it's the real estate agent, the listing, the buying, the mortgage broker, or the real estate uh, lawyer, what we're doing is as a team taking accountability and solutioning for our clients. So I think that that result is you're always putting your best foot forward and you're taking care and accountability for our clients. That's the best thing that I can say that I do for my realtors. So if there is something that goes wrong and we do know that these things do happen, I'm not saying so-and-so drop the ball. I'm saying let's work together to find a solution and really packaging up that purchase and that sale process to make it streamlined and really smooth for an exceptional client experience. Yeah, I love it. It's all about the clients and how to service them. Tell us about the buying team you referred to. What Who is on your team, like in terms of, uh, 
accountability and qualities? What do you have? Yeah, so inside of our own office here at Port Credit Mortgages, I do have myself, um, you know, I, my husband actually works for our company as well, paired with an underwriter and admin. Um, so we are a small team, but we're super effective. And then what I refer to as the buying team is something that I, I came up with a long time ago when I was presenting a first time home buyer seminar, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. And it really comes down to, again, it sounds so simple and it maybe I'm repeating myself, but communication. And so when I, it could be anyone, you could insert any realtor, any lawyer, any mortgage broker, but the buying team are those professionals that handhold our clients so that there are no gaps in the process. And the client journey is so streamlined and clear that when they come in, it's almost like they're sitting on a train. They get in on the train and they make it to their destination, which is their dream home. And it's our job as the buying team to conduct that train and get it into the station or to their end destination perfectly. Um, so the buying team might change if it's a sale versus a purchase, or if it is an investment property, because perhaps there would be an accountant involved. Um, you know, there may be different professionals that come in and out, but the point is, is that we are all communicating effectively to each other and on behalf of our clients in their best interest. That's what I consider the buying team. And again, it's not, I only work with this realtor. I only work with this lawyer. Those parties might interchange based on the client's fit and their comfortability or comfort and or their selection. However, the experience and the communication that goes into that, you know, parties of that buying team is the same. I love how it's fitting for the client situation or the client and that you customize your solution for that. That's really cool. Absolutely. How can realtors that are uh, partnering with you, how can they leverage the partnership working with you to win more listings? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I always come down to, if you have me on social media, it's port, at Port Credit Mortgages. Um, I almost sometimes feel like a broken record and it really comes down to the pre-approval. Pre-approval is the simplest thing ever. <laughs> It's just a simple five to seven minute application, almost easier than filling out a credit card or the same, if you will, um, but so often missed. And there's two things to consider with a pre-approval. One is doing it, period. Some clients will think, oh no, it's fine, I'll do it later. No, we should be doing it now. And the second thing that we need to consider with doing a pre-approval is who you're doing it with. And this matters so much. Whether you use me or any mortgage professional, there are two parts of the pre-approval process that, in my opinion, should never be missed. The first is a credit pull. Yeah. And the second is all documentation up front. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times clients or realtors will say, may I please do a pre-approval and not pull my credit? I will say, absolutely not. And I will tell you why I won't do it. First of all, it's a waste of your time. Second of all, it's a waste of my time. And third of all, it's as if you're going into a doctor's office and asking them to diagnose you without allowing them to do blood work. It's completely ineffective. You want me to tell you what you have, if it's cancer or if it's liver disease, but you won't let me do simple blood tests. Your credit bureau allows me to see so much into you. Maybe it's a scary idea because I will see everything, but... It will give me a very clear indication as to where you land as a buyer. And I will be able to diagnose and set you up with a prognosis just as a doctor would and put you on a straight 
health kick right into homeownership. Nice. So it's a super great way to understand where you are. The second part of that would be your documentation up front. And I say that because it's the same thing as a credit uh, pull. It's the same uh, understanding or logic. And that is that if we are able to see your documents, with the, whether that be your tax returns or your bank statements, whatever it is that I need to be able to give you a great understanding, a lot of times clients will say, I make $60,000 a year, but they actually get a bonus. And that bonus may or may not have been included. I can then use that to qualify you for more. On the other side, you know, you may be self-employed and you think you make $100,000, but you actually write off 50 grand in expenses. So what you're actually reporting is $50,000. That pre-approval may have been approved with the 100,000 not knowing that those were actually expensed. So when I see the documents, I physically go through them and I adjudicate the deal based on those documents. So when you get a firm or you get a, uh, I shouldn't say firm, but if you'll get a pre-approval from me that is quite strong because it's been underwritten. Whereas other institutions or people that are doing this may just say, oh, you've entered in this number. Here's your instant pre-approval, go and buy a house. <laughs> That's not gonna win you the deal. And if it does win you the deal, you may not actually be able to follow through with the financing afterwards. And the end. So, yeah. exactly. Very cool. When you talk about pulling the credit first, um, I think, is there is it a myth that if you pull it too often, it affects your rating uh, or your chances of getting a mortgage? I wouldn't say it's a myth. Every time you pull your credit bureau, it does impact the credit score. However, it's, you know, all in, it's all relative. So if you were to pay your credit card bill on time three times, it would probably bring you right back to that place where you were before where you had your credit pulled. Mm -hmm. As long as you're making your bill payments on time and you aren't at your maximum capacity of lending, what that means is if you have a $10,000 credit card, if you're always sitting at $10,000, I would suggest increasing the limit or paying it down more regularly so that you're not always at the maximum. By showing that you can use your credit card and pay it off on a regular basis, you're showing your ability to be credit, credit worthy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a positive thing. If then you do a mortgage application every so often, that's not going to be a big deal. Now, if you're at your maximum credit all of the time and you're seeking credit all of the time, that would hurt your score. So it's not a myth. Yes, your score would be impacted, but you're not going to be shooting your credit score down by simply doing an inquiry every so often to prepare yourself for home ownership. Yeah, that's very cool. What other advice would you give realtor to educate their clients on regarding getting approved or refinancing or getting a mortgage? So I think when it comes down to it, it's really important that realtors take the time to truly get to know their mortgage professionals. And there are ways to do that in a busy world where you may not actually have to sit and get a coffee if you don't want to. You can hop onto Instagram, you can take a look on Google, and you can do a quick LinkedIn review to see if the person that you're sending over is a trustworthy professional. You right. want to make sure that the person you're working with, no matter what, will have your back. And they will also take care of your clients like gold. Those things are so important in any type of professional partnership. Nice. Very cool. 
What are uh, most recurring questions you get from realtors? Um, probably if the client can go in firm, that's probably my number one question. No. Um, and I'll always say that uh, condition of financing is up to the client. It's not up to me because they are lender conditions and I am not lending out my personal income. So I cannot guarantee yeah. um, unless a client is buying cash for a home, they really should in the world have a condition of financing. Obviously, that's not realistic today's market, um, but it's not something I can tell them with, you know, 100% certainty. Now we can do a really great understanding with the pre-approval. Um, but of course, the condition of financing is also conditional on the property, which has to come in at the appraised value, right? So we don't actually have that complete as of yet at that time. That's probably my number one question. Um, and then, you know, other questions would probably come into play would be what is the client's maximum, like, top amount that they can purchase for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, those would probably be the two most popular questions that I get. If they've been pre-approved for an amount, is there uh, room to ask for more? Like there's a maximum? What's the range usually how far they can go? Yeah, I would say two things come into play, which are, you know, often I've forgotten or, or maybe not considered. Um, one is towards the year end, we can use 2021's income, which is often very attractive for clients. They haven't finished their taxes yet for 2021, but we can very clearly see now before waiting till the T4 comes out, what they're gonna make this year based on the fact that we're in November. So that's one thing that's a super helpful um, tool to leverage. The next thing is, um, you know, looking into getting actual listings. So we have to use a hypothetical number on the property taxes and the heat. So if you are in a position where you are tight on ratios and you're not sure by sending the copy of the listing up front before offer time to the broker, you can actually get them to enter in the heating as well as the square footage uh, to dictate the property taxes. And that will really help clients uh, see what their exact TDS and GDS are. So those are the ratios we use to qualify. Mm -hmm. And the last thing would be, um, you know, considering the fact that typically we approve pre-approvals at 40% of the client's income, oftentimes, not always, and I don't want to put this out there as, uh, you know, as a fact, it's always allowed. But oftentimes we can go to 44% once it's what we call a live deal. So there is some buffering options there that we can use. Yeah. Um, on top of that, we can always look to more down payment or adding a co-applicant, that sort of thing. So there usually are little things we can do to help clients qualify for more should they need to get to that next level of purchasing power. Yeah, that's amazing. I think you can really help educate real estate agents on how to educate their own clients. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing to consider when you're in the buying process and you're working with financing or professionals who offer financing is to consider the planning aspect as much as possible. Um, I've built my business on planned, plan, prepare, and then perform, which are my three P's. It's so simple, but if we do the planning and we prepare up front, by the time it's offer time to purchase, it, we can perform very effectively based on the groundwork we've done leading up to that date. Nice, very cool. I can see how your process and your business would really help smooth the transaction, smooth the process and the stress from the realtor side to the buyer side and the sellers too. 
Yeah, I think the big thing is having a very clear client journey so that when the unexpected pops up, we always know where to go back to. It's almost like putting in the destination in Google Maps. Yeah. Oftentimes we know exactly where we're going, but isn't it nice to know when there's traffic that we can reroute? Nice, I love it. It's perfect analogy. Very cool, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of this. Where do we find you, your um, word credit? Yeah, so Port Credit's located in Mississauga, right on, on the water. It's so beautiful here. However, um, we are licensed all across Ontario. So I've got clients everywhere, all across Ontario. If you're looking to connect with me, I'm very active on social media, and it's a great way to learn about the financing side at Port Credit Mortgages. Um, and that's on Facebook as well. Or you can email me, which is emily at portcreditmortgages.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. I hope you get a lot out of this. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the time and opportunity. Thanks for joining. Subscribe to our podcast, Realtors Conspiracy, today.